High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. You know him as, hi, this is Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. He is this, the Blue Agency is the sponsor of the Daily Israel Report with Anthony Reich. And uh, right now, Barry Cohen is in South Africa and he's joining me in studio. Good morning and how are you and welcome. Good morning, Kathy. Thank God I'm fine. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Lovely to be here again. So lovely that you're here. Thank you so much. So how, how is your, how's life since how's life? October 7th? Well, yes, less yeah. traumatized? No, I think right now everybody's uh, working on about at least 30% trauma. Yes. Um, it doesn't go away. Uh, you know, just the sound of maybe a car driving past that sounds a bit different that you think might be the sound of a siren starting is enough to jar you into reality. So, albeit that the center of the country is pretty much life as normal, but obviously down south and up north, uh, there's a war. There's not, you know, that's what it is. So, you stay in an area where there was, a, there was recently, there was a terror attack. That's correct. In Ranana? Yes. Yeah. And how did that affect you? I mean, I'm asking well, because you are clearly ex-South w- African. Well, yeah, yeah. Look, I was actually in a meeting in Tel Aviv, and uh, generally I put my, my phone away. And about after half an hour, Yaron from my office called me, and then it rings. And uh, I had a look, and there were like 20, 30 missed calls, and I thought, what's happening? Uh, and that's what happens whenever there's a uh, pigua or a terrorist attack in your hometown or in the center of Jerusalem, Tel Aviv. We, uh, you know, reach out to our family, your family group, everybody okay, everybody okay. Um, it, was, it was a stark reminder, but I think that October 7th was, was the biggest uh, reminder for everybody that uh, we're, we're all under attack. And... Um, you know, we, we may feel a lot secure, a lot more secure in the centre of the country, but nevertheless, everybody is uh, vulnerable. Talk, can you talk me through October the seventh? Your experience? Well, um, are you able I'll to ju- talk? Yeah, about yes, yes, I, I, I can talk about. It. There's a couple of things that have really hit me. But October the seventh, the whole country woke up at about six thirty to sirens. Uh, we've had sirens before, and all our family, all our kids were with us for, for Simchat Torah. As it happens, Simchat Torah in our shul is literally the highlight of the year. There are probably 1,200 people in our shul Incredible. dancing, singing. The shul actually, the building actually shakes. So it's, it's our biggest day of the year. And um, so we were all up early. Uh, thinking, wow, there must have been a mistake, uh, false alarm. We only knew that it was in Ranana. Obviously, uh, don't have our phones on uh, TV. And so we went to shul. And uh, when I was at shul, a lady who's a Hatsola responder comes up to me and she says, look, Barry, there's something going on down south. They're reporting that uh, people have been killed and uh, they've infiltrated into areas. We need to shut down the shul. And, okay, don't over-exaggerate. You know, we've been through this before. And I said, you know, let's, let, let's see how things go. And like 10 minutes later, she comes to me and she says, I'm being serious. 
there's something really bad going on down south. I'm going home. I think you should you should shut down. So at that stage, there were two minyanim going on, probably about 200 people. And the main minyan was about to start in about 10 minutes' time. And I went to the rabbi and I said to him, there are these reports going on. I happened to keep my phone with me because the sirens were on in the morning and I... I'm involved and they in were the insistent. Shore. I mean, they, they were. They didn't stop. They just kept going and going. Well, and going no. And going in in, in Ranana, no. In Ranana, you hear it for about two minutes, and then you have to oh, stay well, in a protected I'm, area. I'm the international, right? So you get right. the. So you only so get you, you get everything. We yeah. just get the local. You have yeah. to be in your in your shelter for for ten minutes. And I said to the rabbi, I've got my phone. I have to do something. So I said, well, switch on uh, one of the radio stations. Chai FM wasn't broadcasting at that time, so I had to find an Israeli station. And literally, as I switched it on, the news reporter says, Israel has declared a state of war. And there I'm sitting with, standing with a rabbi and the chairman, and like we just, um, you know, cannot believe it. We managed to shut down the shul. Uh, not all of the shuls shut down. It, it, it was unbelievable. People didn't really know that what was happening, especially being religious and not having your, your phone and, and, uh, and TV on. One of the things that got me was as we're getting people out and stopping people coming in, this car pulls up, a kid gets out with his rifle in uh, civilian clothing, and he says... Uh, Age of kid? Just yeah, a fine 21. kid. Okay, 21. 21. Yeah. A young adult. Okay. I imagine around 21. <laughs> I'm picturing an eight-year-old, uh, Barry. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, we don't have eight-year-olds with rifles as opposed to the just terrorists. Checking. No, I'm just yeah. checking. I'm just checking when you yeah, take Charity kids. on refugees and misplaced. We, and evacuees. You know, it's right? important. Okay. It is important. So this kid gets out and he says, does Harry, someone I can't remember, have you seen him? Have you? So I said, I don't know, Daddy, you know, does he daven here? Yeah, he davens here. So I said, what do you need? So he said, I'm going down south, there's a war on. He's my grandfather. I've come to say goodbye and to get a blessing. And that was like the first stark reality. There were a couple more along the way, but, you know, gratefully we're, we're where we are in the center of the country. You can have terrorist attacks. Nobody is uh, immune. But it's the, the heroes, the people who are down south and up north and our armed forces that, that we've got everything to thank for. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And then the, obviously the follow-on from, from Simchat Torah was everybody, there's, there's a Hebrew saying, uh, to be under the stretcher. You know, when they do their training, they've all got to carry stretchers with a lot of weight on it because you have to help yeah. your, your wounded soldiers. And everybody, the amount of chesed that go, went on and still goes on and what people do. And, you know, our shul, the chesed committee, I won't mention her name because she'll be embarrassed, but there's a specific person who's doing it that can literally send out a message. I, I can show you later. We've got a request for 100 soldiers. They need meals for Shabbat. And, you know, I've got a Google sheet. And within 10 minutes, it's full and it's done. Uh, there was a guy who opened up his house. That was the Hamal, the, like, uh, operation center. And any soldier that was from Ranana that uh, was in Ranana for a furlough for 24 hours could go past their house and pick up anything, 
anything, anything. Clothing, food, uh, torches, batteries, you, you name it, just fill up as much as you want uh, and, and go back. So as terrible... And Renana lost a soldier. Ranana has lost about seven or eight soldiers. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know. South African. When you when you well, when African you ask, anyway. you know, when anybody asks me how you know what the feeling is, you wake up in the morning, and the first thing you do is you check your phone, and there are these two words, "Hutala Pisum." Yeah, release for publication. is release for publication, and you look at the names, and as terrible as it is. You just wish that it's not a name that you know. And on the morning that uh, Yaroni Chittas was killed, I, I looked at the name and I said, obviously it's a mistake. You know, it can't be Yaroni, Yaroni. Yeah. I've known him since his breast. Um, and there was another kid, Shaoli Greenglick. Uh, they were best friends, who was killed two days prior to that. You know, uh, how, how uh, terrifying is it that the first thing that the Green Glick family does when they get up from Shiva is go to visit another Shiva house. Yeah. Um, that's part of our reality. As I said, we, we are just there to support, but, uh, but our army and, and those people who are displaced are our real heroes. Israelis are incredibly, incredibly resilient to the extent that sometimes I think the rest of the world sees Israelis as unaffected because you can have a terror attack and hours later things have to go back to normal as soon as possible. It's, I think that that's a coping mechanism for Israelis. So, so absolutely, but we're the startup nation. So going through all of this, and some of the things that I've seen, startup nation, there's, there's no other way to explain it, of having to adapt to the situation. Right? And that's what the Israelis are good at. They're good at adapting, um, re reconfiguring, and then carrying on. Recalibrating. I I exactly. Exactly. With everything. Now, we went to have a look at a, um, uh, at a, lab, uh, a lab that is doing um, drones that can fly through the, the tunnels. How do you fly through a tunnel? There's no uh, internet. There's you know, no way of communicating and how they've basically taken a very, very basic element, which I obviously can't mention, put it on this drone, and taken a few hundred shekel drone, turned it into something that they can, they can use. use. And, you know, w obviously there's lots of lessons that are going to be, be learned from this, but uh, we will come out stronger, and the, the, the critical thing is to, to keep the, the unity amongst the, the, the people we came out of a terrible, terrible, um, divisive situation. Please, God, that's behind us. It was actually and incredible to see from, from our perspective, from the diaspora. We were reporting on, I think the, the last story that we reported on was Yom Kippur and this Mechitza yeah. that happened in Tel Aviv. And a week later, we were reporting on how all the restaurants in Tel Aviv have made their restaurants kosher so that all the soldiers can eat there. Yeah. Uh, know, as I mean, as, as one uh, of my friends said, um, the mechitzot were torn down in Tel Aviv and the barriers were torn down in, in Gaza. Um, yeah. So it was, it was coming off a really bad time and as I say, please God, 
will have a good result. Yep. My guest is Barry Cohn. You know him from the Blue Agency. If you've got any questions for Barry, send them through 34519. I'm going to kindly ask my producer to please postpone our last interview for next week so that uh, we can talk about that next week. Um, and we're going to just hold on to Barry. So he's all yours, baby, for the until 9 o'clock. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. You're on 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Kathy Kayla. I'm standing in for Howard Feldman. And uh, joining me in studio right now is Barry Cohn from the Blue Agency. A uh, message from Gail says, thank you for this interview, Kathy. It helps to learn how ordinary Israelis are coping with the war and not just the media reports. I'm 100% with you on that, Gail. So, uh, yes, thank you so much, Barry. Barry, what has happened to the construction industry? I mean, I remember seeing about, uh, you know, West Bank... 150,000 or 100,000 um, Palestinians were going through to work in construction every day. Aside from the humanitarian crisis that is building there, what has happened to construction industry in Israel? So, Kathy, just before we get to that, there were two other things I wanted to mention. The, the first one was going back to the 7th of October. So I come home from shul, and obviously now reports are coming out. And my son-in-law is sitting in the kitchen on his phone, which is obviously weird for me to see, being a Shabbos, yeah. And the whole day I see he's bothered, he's bothered, he's bothered, and he's not saying anything. Eventually, at about 3 o'clock, he gets up and he says, okay, I'm going. So I said, where are you going? So I said, I've been given a Tav Shmona, a call-up, already from 9 o'clock wow. in the morning. Wow. I'm just waiting for my instructions. And only then did I realize that the whole day, there was a bag sitting next to the front door that had been packed. And this is how they've been trained, you know. And we all know that there was 200% or 300% gius, uh, you know, the amount of people came was, was unprecedented. Um, and the last thing that I will just say on this is that the outpouring of support from the rest of the world has been phenomenal. Small things, but yeah, I, I think literally there's been a ton of bultong that has been and I'm not joking, a ton of built are manufactured here and brought into Israel. Uh, it, it's, and, and it's a very important thing for the soldiers. It's protein, it's easy to, yeah, to yeah. carry, and it, and it lasts. So I just wanted to say that because the support of, of family, friends, organizations from South Africa, from all over the world has been amazing. Back to the building industry. Yes. Yeah. So... Obviously, uh, October, November, pretty much everything was at a standstill, um, both in terms of construction and in terms of, of sales. Uh, yes, there is a big crisis facing the country now because a big percentage of our workers come from uh, Yudan Shomron. Uh, some of them even come from the, the Gaza Strip. So that isn't happening at the, at the moment. The government has approved already to bring in 10,000 uh, foreign workers, I think from, mainly from China. Uh, they intend to replace the workers, approximately 100,000 workers, mm. um, uh, that will have to be replaced. And uh, it, it will obviously have an effect on the market. The market itself came to a screeching halt uh, there were no deals, literally no deals done. Just, just, just to, to give a background to it, we came off 
a market that was under a lot of pressure because interest rates all of a sudden, you know, with interest rates, the last time I was here with Howard, I spoke about interest rates from 2011 were basically historically low. And then all of a sudden at the end of 22, beginning of 23, started going up. So interest rates did affect the market and then the market slowed down. Coming into the Chagim, which is a generally quiet time for uh, for the market, and then the war started. So if you look at the numbers for 2023, uh, there were about 67, 68,000 apartments sold. Yeah. Um, 2022 is 105 and 2021 was 150. Mm. So the market obviously has been affected by what's going on and has been affected by, by the war. Tell us what projects you've got. Barry, we've got literally two minutes until... So actually, I thought I'd do what, what Bibi does. You know, when he gives a speech, <laughs> he, he holds up... You know, he's got this, United this Nations. He, he holds it up so... General Assembly. See, and I brought it, you know, to, to see that. But actually, I realize nobody's going to react because I can't see it. Right? But... Okay, but you can go, you can go to you your, know, I your agency. I, I haven't... Side. I've never really discussed the, the, the projects that, that, that we're doing. Yes. Um, but uh, but just to beautiful. say... Yeah, look, uh, there is good stuff available. Prices have not come down significantly, but developers are prepared to do deals. And I can tell you that there's been kind of a 180 since since the beginning of the year or mid-January where people have gone back to the market uh, very strong developers are selling. They're prepared to do deals because they want to get stuff sold. And... I think it's going to be similar to the COVID effect. COVID, the market shut down, and then 2021 was the highest sales ever. Does uh, Did the Moody's downgrade have any impact, or do you think that that might be in the future? Look, it hasn't had any impact on the building industry. Just uh, You can see the shekel has strengthened the yeah. past couple of days. Uh, obviously, it will have an effect. It will be more expensive to, to borrow money. But, uh, but I think, by and large, uh, the, the the building industry is, is strong. The banks uh, ha- have got lots of rope to give them. Um, and I expect that people will go back into the market fairly strongly mid-2024. Carol Z says she adores this man. I love and adore this man from Carol Z. Okay, my wife is listening, Carol. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> However, I am staying in room 35. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You see, we were doing so well up until this point. It is 9 o'clock. We've got to get out of here. But thank you so much, Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. And thank you for coming in today. Thanks, Kathy. With a K, it's been lovely to be here as always.